What's up guys? This is KO Champion welcoming you to Deconstructing Dreamers wherein I deconstruct how dreamers are able to achieve their dreams, what their habits and routines are, and so on, which you can apply to your own life. This episode is brought to you by Caldi Drip Coffee. I love Caldi since it's a great way to start my day fast since it's an instant drip coffee brand. Taking my coffee game to the next level without the need for expensive coffee makers or a French press with only hot water, it gives me an artisanal coffee experience right at my home, at the office, or anywhere I go. Lastly, since it has zero sugar, it's a healthier alternative for me, especially when I need to get that extra push to achieve my dreams. Once again, it's Caldi Drip Coffee, your portable coffee companion, helping you fuel your crazy dreams. To know more about them, like and follow their social media pages at Facebook and Instagram forward slash Caldi Drip Coffee. Hello everyone, welcome to the fourth episode of Deconstructing Dreamers. I'm really excited for our show tonight because I've known this person since I was little and I can honestly say that I've seen how this person has grown and mature to what he is now. He's one of the co-founders and currently the Chief Financial Officer or CFO of Golden Pencil Manila, an events management and planning service company that creates memorable and impactful experiences. They have partnered with businesses such as Shell, 7-Eleven, Accenture, to name a few, where they've created hundreds of events ranging from product launches, parties, team building for thousands of people since 2017. Let's now welcome Charles Champion. Welcome to the show, Charles. Glad to be with you, Cleo. To start things off, let's first talk about that time when you were in grade 4 where your teacher confiscated your paper toy. Uh, it wasn't really a paper toy, but back then in 4th grade, we were usually folding paper ships to play with them during break. So I was folding one during class and then my teacher saw me and then took the paper and destroyed it with her hands. So what I did, I was slightly pissed. So what I did was I took another sheet of paper, put some glue in it and then pretended to fold it. So once my teacher saw it, she took it again and the glue spread all over her hands. That's how the teacher Well, wala. she looked at me and laughed. Knowingly thinking that na isahan ko siya. <laughs> when you were a kid, I remember you telling me a story about how you ate booger. Yeah, um, when I was little, me and my sister were playing around and my sister saw our yaya and she was eating something. My sister asked, Oy, ano yan, ya? yaya, what's that? Said, this is kulang, what? Said, oh. My sister came to me and, oh, Charles, you know this, you can eat this, oh, yung kulangot ko. So I ate the kulangot and then, wala. <laughs> so, ano, ano yung sinasaba ng kulangot ng yaya? Kulangot ba talaga niya? Oh, uh, actually, yung snails, snails, uh, I think, they also call it kulangot as, as a snack. <laughs> Uh, so let's go to your career. From being a banker, you became a fisherman. Tell us about that story. Uh, so back then when I was um, with a bank, me and my 
friends were thinking of what business to do on the side so we can transition out from the corporate world. So uh, one idea was food. So we were thinking, uh, what kind of food? Since uh, we were thinking back then that food is a good business since everybody has to eat every day. So uh, we decided for it to be fish. So we started off by um, taking classes. I think TESDA had a class, aquaculture classes during the weekend so it's a lecture type class and then we tried to look for a place where we can grow them yeah that's how it started were all of your partners including you working corporate jobs uh back back then we were all working corporate jobs so how were you guys able to manage starting a new business first you have to study how how you're gonna everything you you can or possibly can with with regards to your business so our for our business model we'll be going out fish and then we'll be buying the fingerlings uh, growing them out and then selling them to the market once they're big enough how were you able to actually count the fish you can't really count the fish although you can kind of estimate it so for one hectare i think uh you can grow around ten thousand fish there so around how many hectares were you farming Back then, at our peak, we were farming around uh, five hectares. What type of fish were you farming? We went with tilapia since we found that it's pretty easy to grow. But unfortunately, it was also the cheapest kind of fish. Mm. So back then, our operations, uh, we had to feed the fish around twice or thrice a day, depending on the stage that it's already in, mm. the size of the fish. Uh, I also remembered one time, we had to wade inside the fish ponds para makalapit. So, uh, kasi pag nandun ka lang sa edge ng fish pond, mm-hmm. you can't really throw it as far as you want. So, ang, tur- ang style lo dun is to walk through the water, wade through the water, and then you bring your sack of feeds and then you throw it inside. So, sobrang imagine mo lang yung putik na sa paa mo. Kahit nag-boots ka eh, kasi since... Medyo malalim yun. Papa, mamaya yung boots mo, it's filled with mud na. Mm-hmm. And then yung sh- shorts mo, filled with mud na. Yan. So, afterwards, ligo ka na lang. Mm-hmm. Pero ano yun? Na, like, may cover by pond nyo? Parang, ang init kasi if ever ganun. Eh. No, actually, uh, it's open. Kasi actually, better na rin yung open since mas naka... Kasi another problem with the fish pond is you have to keep it aerated. Mm-hmm. So, pag covered siya, wala wala masyadong wind hindi masyadong na-aerate yung water pag ganun kasi syempre pag wala oxygen yung water mamatay yung fish ah yeah, actually they're really unsung heroes yung mga farmers fishermen's natin they're, they're the one that supplies the food so dun sa fishing pond yo so paano yun like may mga ibon ba doon or ano na kumakain ng isda or paano ba yun pambaseta Actually, for the fish pond, marami siyang, the tilapia has a lot of predators. So, one predator is catfish. Since mm-hmm. carnivorous too, so, pag minalas-malas ka, your fish pond has one catfish. Mm-hmm. Dahan-dahan yan, uh, they keep on eating your tilapia. And then another uh, predator they have is, may ibon sila dun eh. Uh, medyo malaking ibon siya. So, paano ano ginagawa nyo? Like, for the catfish and dun sa ibon Yung sa catfish, actually, medyo wala ka na magawa since it's under the water. Medyo mahirap na siyang control. But for the birds, magkita mo, lilipad sila and then they'll dive through the water. So parang ginagawa kasi na they slowly peck on the fish. 
para pag nagkasugat mamaya, parang infected, mamamatay, ito the flow. Tapos doon nakakainin. Ginawa namin, I think we bought air gun. Tapos <laughs> we were shooting the birds pag ano. <laughs> ano pang mga measures aside from air gun? So, ginagawa niyo? Aside from, yun nga, may hito and then the birds. Actually, another predator is people. <laughs> Actually, may mga nagnanakaw ng mga fish. Since, yun nga, fish pond siya. Wala, actually siyang, there's not a lot of fences since, yun nga, hectares kasi yun eh. So, usually, may tali-tali lang. But, yun nga, during the night, some people, they use their nets. Tapos, they catch the fish. So, ano yun sa gabi talaga? Parang, pupunta ta- sila dun sa pond yun, then may net sila, kukunin nila, gano'n? Usually, siguro gabi kasi since wala namang lights dun, ah, uh, mas madaling ano. Kasi syempre, during the morning or afternoon, maliwanag, kita-kita ng mga nagbabantay. And like paggabi, syempre, usually, matutulog na rin yung mga caretakers. When did you decide to kill the fish business? It was really hard at first to finally decide since we were really passionate passionate about doing it. But uh, we felt that it was, since we were losing, I think, uh, for almost a year already, it was time to really shut it off. So, we had to sell some of our assets. We tried to borrow from our families to be able to pay off um, our lenders, are the ones that sold us uh, feeds. We had to pay off our rents for the land. We have to pay off our employees. What were the steps that you took to transition from working in the fishing business to the events business? Girl, one of the steps is you have to be very passionate about learning about it. So you have to know all the ins and outs of what what business or industry that you're you're about to go into. So for us, since it's events, um, we have to be meticulous in planning. And you also have to find the right set of su- suppliers or partners that can help you make the event successful. Charles, being a CFO of an events company, what are your biggest challenges? Uh, one of our biggest challenges is uh, managing cash flow since usually for our events, we're spending a lot of money and then the collection is after two or three months. What advice could you give for those people who have businesses that are having problems with their cash flows? Well, you have to be you have to be strong with your controls. You have to limit the spending that is not related to events, that is not related to your projects. Any for that advice? <laughs> Whenever you feel overwhelmed or unfocused or have lost focus temporarily, what do you do? What questions do you ask yourself? One thing I do is I try to de-stress. Maybe watch a Netflix movie or series or then just try to sleep. Uh, You know, a fresh mind is a mind that can think. So when you're so stressed and thinking about a lot of things, it's when in the moments where you're not actually thinking about it that sometimes that's when you think about the solution. Actually, that's true. Because what people don't normally know is that despite our brain not thinking of the problem, 
at the same time, naiisip ng brain natin yan subconsciously. So, that's why, kunwari, let's say, you're having a mental block. What you could do is take a walk or distress yourself. Or exercise. Yeah, or... even exercise. So, para yung brain nyo, nag-work pa rin at the same time and just give it time. Makakahanap rin kayo solution. How was the pivot shifting from a fish business to the events business? Um... It was hard. Uh, it was very different since for for the farm business, you're more of focused on your internal processes since uh, it's a production. You you grow you grow out, so you try to improve every step of the of the production phase. And then while for the events, it's very external. It's you keep you talk with your clients, with your suppliers. Uh, for events industry. It's very external since you're talking with uh you can't do it alone. You have to have adequate and uh efficient suppliers and then you also have clients who who are working with you hand in hand uh giving you the details that you need um and also you giving them um what you need from them asking them what they need to provide you to have a better and successful event. Working with your friends as business partners, do you at times have disagreements and how do you handle those disagreements? Uh, definitely uh, in any business, whether friends or if you're working with your friends or family, uh, there would be times where uh, there would definitely be times when you disagree with each other, but you just have to go to be open. You can't take the feedback negatively. Or the their comments, so you try to work hand in hand. Because in the end, uh, your disagreements definitely will make your team grow stronger, more uh, solid. From that statement, what I can only think of is one word: candor. Actually, that's the Pixar way of doing things. That you just focus on yun nga, yung pinaka best idea para this. Uh, since at the end of the day, all of you want to have a successful business and not focus on what's his idea or his idea and just focus on what's the best idea. Yeah. At the end of the day, your partners are like your family. So even if you have disagreements during the day, but at the end of the day, you still have to keep your group solid. You just have to respect their ideas and you also, and you should also expect them to come at you with their criticisms. During this pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, how was your company able to handle everything? Like, huh. how did you treat your employees or anything? Uh, every this pandemic is very hard for all industries, but we try to support our employees even though there's not really much projects. We try to uh, still give them their salaries, still lower other costs that we can just so we can still be still pay our employees some some sort of salary tell us about what's a day in the life of charles uh so a day in the life of charles is usually on work days i wake up at around seven try to squeeze in a quick run so around 10 to 15 minutes or try to do some light stretching if it's not possible. And then afterwards, I take a shower. I usually don't eat breakfast. And then I go to work. So I get to work around 10. And then the first thing I do is I check emails for any possible concerns or queries. And then 
I try to look back on uh, current projects. So what we need to do with regards to the timeline and then uh, what other things need to be done or if there are new projects. And then basically that's until it's 7 p.m. and then I go home. Mm. You have certain productivity hacks during the day to make most of your time. Yeah, I usually write everything that I need to do for the day in my notebook. And then I try to write something like a deadline. So, for example, uh, send an email to client at 12 noon or send a proposal by then or find a supplier, stuff like that. What was your dream when you were young? Well, my dream back then was actually to become a professional basketball player. (laughs) Is it still your dream now? Uh, Unfortunately, due to physical concerns, no. <laughs> but I do enjoy watching it. When you hear the word success, aside from your parents, who's the first person you think of? Uh, well, one of my favorite success stories is Michael Jordan. Mm. Why is Michael Jordan? Well, I heard uh, that he, when he was in first, when he was a freshman in high school, he got cut from his varsity team. Then he came back stronger. He practiced the whole year. And then he also had a growth spurt. And then junior year, he was able to get into their school's basketball team. How was a failure or apparent failure set you up later for success? Well, uh, I think for me, failure is synonymous to success. You can't succeed without failing. But for every... I mean, everybody has to fail at one point. Since uh, it's in these failures that you learn a lot, uh, your character grows stronger, and then that's how you grow to become successful. Mm. You have a favorite failure of yours? Uh, for me, uh, Shiguru, one of my biggest failures is I wasn't able to get into my dream job. What was your dream job? Well, actually, for... Most business business majors, our dream job, I don't know if it's the same with everyone, but my dream job was to get into a big manufacturing company such as PNG or Unilever. Mm. Why? Well, there's that's where the big bucks are. <laughs> What's an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love which people don't know about? Well, uh... I usually love my vegetables. Did you know that my favorite food is tortang talong? (laughs) Why do you love tortang talong out of all the vegetables? Actually, I don't know. But I like the texture on my tongue. (laughs) (laughs) To all our guests out there, now know that Charles loves tortang talong. Yeah, when I say I love talong, I think usually they're thinking that I'm pertaining to something green. Or I'm gay, but actually I love my eggplants. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you take control of your life? How did it get to this point in your life? Well, first of all, you can't depend on someone else to do things for you. You have to do things by yourself. Not really by yourself, with the help of your peers, but you have to do things. You can't just wait for leftovers. You have to do things to be able to achieve something. What's a great marketing lesson you've encountered? Oh, one of the great marketing lessons, or should I say, uh, I think it was a marketing scam. Back then, kaka-graduate ko lang ng college. Uh, me and my friends, 
actually working na rin kami nun. Uh, we went to Beijing, China. And then, we were part of a tour. Puro kami Filipinos. And then, uh, kasi part ng tours, they'll be bringing you to various shops then included in the itinerary. Like, sinisingit nila in between. So, uh, one stop was a jade store. So, they were selling jade and then... Uh, Yung sales lady was explaining us, oh, oh, this, how much this, ano, this piece. She was showing us one of their most prized jade pieces. And then, suddenly, the owner, the alleged owner came and then, oh, uh, I've heard you're from the Philippines. She said, oh, yes. As then, he was like, oh, I also grew up in the Philippines. I, do you know Cebu? I, I, I was born there until I was five and then I moved back to China. So, oh, so, parang, through that, it gave us impression na, oh, uh, Filipino din si owner. Then, then he went out and then the sales lady, uh, continued to tour us around their shop and then, mamaya, bumalik si owner and then, like, ay, uh, no, bigyan mo sila discount. Uh, 50, 80% parang. And then all their store lady, uh, the store ladies were like, oh, that's too much. That's too much. But no, no, no. They're like family. They're Filipinos. So, so parang, all of, all within the tour group were like having a frenzy na, oy, itong jade, ganito na lang, ganyan na. So, there was mass parang buying of stuff. And then later, we were actually fooled. I think I bought one jade pendant. And then afterwards, parang naisip ko, I think this is a scam. <laughs> so, I went out and then, yun nga, afterwards, when we were back in the bus, our tour guide said, oh, I told you guys not to buy there. And then, parang yung ibang kasama namin, they were older, mga tito-titas, like, Hala, dam kong ang binili. Ang galing, ang galing talaga. Parang na-scam talaga tayo. Parang nabudol-budol. <laughs> Grabe, ang galing eh. So, again, like, theatric talaga acting na after sabihin nung alleged owner na may-ari, nagsigawan talaga yung mga sales ladies. Oh, they're ito. like, pagkasabi niya na, oh, give them 90% discount. Parang the ladies are, oh, hindi, hindi pwede. Masyadong, that's too low, that's too low. Uh, you can't give him that. Hindi, they're like family. They're like, they were very believable. Siguro kung at that time, parang, uy, makakadis, makakamura ako, makakatipid ako. Ganda na itong pasalubong. Yung mga jade, I give them to my parents, uh, my titas, my friends, like that. So, yung iba, ang dami talagang binili. Maraming <laughs> galing ng mga scam na ganun. Alala ko rin eh, before, when I went to Shanghai with my family. Bale, we were in a tour. So, nangyari is, Binala kami sa parang isang tea shop. So, nangyari is parang binabentahan kami ng tea. Tapos nagmamagic, like, lalagay yung tea sa isang black na parang water. Tapos pag inikot yung tea, magiging white ulit. So, parang kami, wow, galing. Tapos, nangyari, syempre, since Filipino naman kami, nag-uusap kami na, ah, parang scam siguro to or something. Nangyari, pagtingin naman namin dun sa pinto, walang handle yung door. So, parang mafo-force ka talagang bumili. Kasi parang trail track doon. So, talagang sa China ata, marami talagang parang gantong types of scam para lang bumili ka ng gano'n. Yeah, actually, ano, that made me think na, even though it was a scam, it was, I think, okay naman yung, ano, yung binayab ko for the jade. Parang, it's a great lesson na, o nga, ano, ganong theatrics. <laughs> Not really to scam people, but uh, yung learning dun na, oh, you just need to act confident and act well. You can... I mean, make an impression. Not really fool, but make an impression. Mm. It's a really good lesson. So, alam niyo na, guys, huwag uh, na kayo magpapoto sa mga ganang type of scam. In the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or even habit had the most impact in your life? 
for me, it was... I don't know if you've heard this before, but I, I've listened to Steve Jobs and I also try to copy his no-nonsense wear black turtleneck every day. <laughs> mm. So for me, I just wear unique look polo shirt since it's very uh, easy to wear. Because mm-hmm. iba-ibang colors nga lang, hindi naman laging, uh, laging black or blue. Basta mm-hmm. usually I just wear a polo shirt. And then jeans, uh, usually rubber shoes, but depending on the event, sometimes I wear uh, leather shoes, a bit formal. Mm, that's really good. I remember when I was working in corporate that despite not having any uniforms in our bag, I would always wear the same thing on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Friday so that I wouldn't think about it when I wake up. Being in the events industry, of course, I have a recommendations about how to do things. What are the common bad recommendations you hear from other people? Well, um, one bad recommendation is, for me, uh, for events, they sometimes say you do it yourself. Actually, for events, you can do it with yourself, but not only yourself. You need other people around you. You need to find the right people with certain strengths. Like uh, for our team, we have one who's great at technicals. And then we have another another teammate who's good in... Uh, production. So you need a wide variety of people with different set of skills to be able to hold a successful event. So it's not true that you can do it by yourself. You need help of other people. Uh, you need to find the, the best people for certain jobs. In your company, what could you say is your strength? Uh, for me, I think my strength is I'm quick with numbers. So usually when we discuss about our plans for the event, like uh, sizes, or I can quickly compute if we're losing money, or if we're pricing these items right. Maybe the cost is not uh, is not appropriate. We need to raise our prices a bit more, or it's too much. We can lower it. Is there a website, app, or game you'd like to recommend that you normally use every day? For me, it's any chat app, but the one I'm using a lot is Telegram. Why Telegram? I have all the chat apps. It has a better record of all the photo, the images, files, or audio clips that you send within your group. Unlike mm-hmm. Viber, I think uh, it only stores it up to a certain point and then it deletes it. Mm-hmm. And also the calendar app. Mm-hmm. Any calendar app, actually. How do you organize your calendar app? Yeah, I try to schedule my day there. It's kind of a guide. Like, uh, I don't really need to look at my notebook all the time since the app notifies me through my phone. Like, uh, it's already one o'clock. You need to leave or you need to do this. You need to call someone or stuff like that. Mm. What is one of the best and most worthwhile investments you've recently made? Could be investment of money, time, or energy? Yeah. Uh, girl, the best investment of time is right now since it's quarantine i I know a lot of people have a lot of time so instead of watching netflix all day i recommend to you guys edx.org do you have a certain class in edx.org since i actually use it as well yeah so uh you just try to log in the site for whatever floats your boat so what goes in the boat? <laughs> yeah, I usually try to look into business classes or uh, economics. Or one class I tried was the CS50 class. It's mm. it's a Harvard 
sponsored class. It's the one that's usually taken by computer science majors there. So I think it's a must for everyone, especially now in the evolving scheme of things. Everything's becoming tech-related. Do you have an advice you could give a smart-driven college student who's about to enter the real world? And what advices should they ignore? Uh, for me, for f- incoming graduates, well, it's not too late to find your passion. I mean, when you graduate, you still don't know what you want to do for the rest of your life. So I think it's okay to try out different things and then see what what you want. And for you, what advice should these people ignore? I think you should ignore those that say, oh, you get this job because the money's there. Because for me, what's your passion? You do your passion. That's where the money comes in. It's not necessarily what's the industry with the most money. Mm. Actually, I agree with that statement. Since for me, in life, you don't need all about money. Na sometimes what's more important is just being happy. And especially when you just graduated. Maganda yun, mag-try ng different things, taste different shit para mas makilala mo rin ang sarili mo. Since yung problems with people kasi normally, iniisip nila, let's say, go into a certain industry na, yun na, let's say, banking. Na kailangan, tuloy-tuloy banking ka hanggang, yun nga, go up the corporate ladder. Pero what happens if banking ang, hindi mo pala gusto ang banking after five years? Iisipin mo, tutuloy mo pa rin ba ang banking or try ka rin ng ibang bagay? Kasi, at the end of the day, bata ka pa eh. 25 is still young. Yeah, so actually, 25 is still young. I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, Kenny... Kenny Smith? <laughs> no, uh, who's the one with KFC? Uh, Colonel yeah. Sanders. Yeah. yeah, he started KFC around 50 or 60 years old. So it's never too late to try something out. Uh, I agree with this quote. What quote was it? I don't know who said this quote, but I've heard of the quote that the day you stop learning is the day you start dying. So for me, uh, you just need to be open to try out new things. Even if you're 25, 30, 35, even 50, 60 years old, as long as you can still work or still uh, do something that you're passionate about, why not? But could you give us an example on how you apply this to yourself? Well, for me... uh, I'm already 29 years old, but still, I try, want to try new things, uh, taste new things, travel. For me, it's never too late to start something new. So even if you already have a successful business, you can still try new things. Maybe another business or another endeavor or maybe even just a hobby. It's never too late to start something new. Yeah, that's true. Having already started two businesses, what's your advice for would-be entrepreneurs? For would-be entrepreneurs, uh, it's best to don't be scared. Don't be afraid to fail since uh, you can't really f- succeed if you don't try. So you can't also fail if you don't try. So I think failure is a necessary step. Everybody has to fail. Yeah, true. I remember one of the Hoffman's favorite quotes how entrepreneurship is like jumping out of a plane and building the plane on your way down that that's how hard it really is that you're going all all out and while you're failing and losing money you need to be able to form the business 
being in the events industry. Madalas ka atang mag-travel like from for different events to around the Philippines. Actually, so, for our team, we've tried already mga local. We've been to Cebu, Iloilo, Bacolo, Davao, CDO. We've had projects there na rin. So, traveling a lot, they have like certain travel hacks to make traveling easier? Uh, for me, one of the best travel hacks for me is try to keep all your stuff inside a hand carry luggage only because I hate waiting for the luggage to come out pag chinek in mo. So, I try to limit everything yung necessary clothes and necessary items lang na kailangan ko talaga. Although, syempre, there are times na you're asked to bring a lot of stuff from Manila. So, yun, check-in ka na talaga. For like, leisurely trips na travel hack, we have For me, for leisure travel hacks, it's best to try to read some blogs or watch some blogs. At least you have an idea of what the place offers. So, kasi syempre, mahirap yung pupunta ka lang dun and wala na, mag-yolo ka lang. Although some prefer that kind of travel. But for me, if I go to the place I want to maximize my time there, go to as much of the local places there. Kahit dibale ng pagod, at least you have the memories na, uy, napunta ko. Ito, I've been through all of the places, all of the tourist spots there. Since your business is an events company, what's your most memorable event? One of the most memorable event is one we had in back in 2000, I think it was 2018. Uh, it was a Christmas party of a client as we were in a ma- in a hotel in Makati and it was situated I think the fifth floor. Um, during the latter part of the event or Christmas party since it was a DJ spin portion so it was partying and there was definitely alcohol. The people were getting a bit crazy. They were jumping <laughs> up and down during the DJ portion and then the place was really really rocking like it was having an earthquake. So, yung security team, so, because we have a security team there usually during events, they were asking us to stop the event already because masyado atang, they're fearing for the safety of the people. Baka maya mag-crash yung floor or anything. But, uh, we've talked with the building admin. Wala namang issues or anything. But they were definitely, ganun sila ka-wild. <laughs> Yeah, para mag-shake yung floor. Grabe, <laughs> event na yun. So, what do you normally bring during an event? Uh, usually, during events, I have a small messenger bag mm-hmm. where I fit um, the usuals like pens, mm-hmm. some papers, um, cash, my checkbook, and then mm-hmm. yung, yung, I usually have a copy of the script with me, the mm-hmm. program flow. So that's pang our cheat sheet during the event. Um, during this portion, it should be registration already. Afterwards, uh, it should be opening na. And then what we... So it's our cheat sheet. We look at it. We check ano ba yung next. So we have to prepare. Kunwari, uh, after this, is dinner time na. We have to give a heads up to the buffet, to the banquet. Mm-hmm. Then like for example, after this... Uh, the performer na. So, we have to to advise the performance. Oh, guys, you have to be ready in 5-10 minutes. Mm. Basically, you just have to prepare and be ready for all. But during the <clears> event, <throat> since you normally handle big events, how do you talk with your teammates? Usually, during the... <clears throat> we call it a pre-prod meeting. Pre-production mm-hmm. meeting. We already assign yung mga tasks of everyone. So, like, the director, she's in charge of the overall program. Mm-hmm. And then we have one talent coordinator. So, 
they're in charge with the talents like the host, band, DJ, mm. or whatever performer. And then uh, we also usually have a runner. So the runner is flexible. Uh, we can ask him to do anything like run around and uh, there's an urgent printing need or urgent. You need to put a chair on stage. Mm. Anything. So let's say, of course, there are no perfect events. Let's say there's a problem with the event. How do you guys handle it, or do you have an example? Definitely, uh, not every. We try to do everything as smoothly as possible, but definitely there are certain hiccups during events. There was this one event. Actually, it wasn't really our fault, but it was the venue's fault. We were trying to close the lights for our side of the venue. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yung ballroom kasi nla it was it was turned into like ballroom A, ballroom B. So we were using ballroom B. And the switch for ballroom B were connected with ballroom A. Mm. So there was a portion in our event that we needed to turn the lights off. Mm. So we turned it off. Unfortunately, when we turned it off, the other ballroom's lights also went out. So what happened? Initially, we turned it off. And then the other event, they turned it on. So our light also turned on. So we were like, what the hell's do? What the hell's happening? <laughs> we turned it off again and they turned it on. It was like back and forth for uh, a couple of minutes. And then, yun nga. Natapos na yung portion na we needed to have a different <laughs> So what actions did you do afterwards? And so afterwards, we talked with the hotel staff. And then that's when we learned na that was their setup pala. So you have to program it prior to the event na, oh, for ballroom B, the controls, the controls would be for ballroom B only or for ballroom A only. Mm-hmm. So next time we had an event there, uh, that's one of our first, one of the first things we do off our checklist. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. In the events business, was there ever a point you didn't feel so confident about this? Was there ever a point where you felt differently? Sure, uh, starting out, I wasn't really as exposed to events, unlike my partners. But yeah, similar to what I said, uh, it's never too late to try. You just need to try to learn, and just whenever you try something, you have to do your best. That's how you learn and improve yourself and skill in your skills. That's really a powerful message, all our listeners. You have a favorite quote. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is great. Things happen to those who don't stop believing, trying, learning, and being grateful. So it's a very simple quote, but very powerful since it shows us that, well, once you stop, that's when you fail. Yeah, that's really true. What is the book you'd recommend the most? Well, for me, uh, the book that I would recommend is Tuesdays with Maury. So a gist or summary of the story is uh, Maury's about to die. And then the main character goes to Maury's house every Tuesday and they, dis- they discuss things about life. For me, it struck me because it shows us that we have a finite amount of time on earth and we have to make the most out of it. We try to live life to the fullest and not regret everything once we're close to dying or dying. Mm. To add to that, do you currently have any regrets right now? Or could you tell us a story about how you regret something that you didn't do? Sure, for me, one regret is back then when I was trying to find a job, I was actually offered a job to go to China. Mm. Yeah, but since I was thinking back then that I'd be missing 
my family, my friends. I, I didn't take the job. So, siguro, that would have opened a lot of opportunities. And then the experience of working abroad, discovering uh, China, not as a tourist, but actually as a as working there, uh, the experiences, how how the Chinese do business, how how they do things there, their production, whatever. Uh, actually, in life, I don't remember actually who said this specific quote, but you always regret the things that we didn't do rather than the thing that failed. What purchase of 5,000 pesos or less had the most impact in your life in the last six months? It could be a planner or an app, a device, anything. 5,000 pesos below? Yeah. One recent purchase I had under 5,000 is I bought a ukulele off Shopee. Wow. What did you do with a ukulele? Yeah. I think you've been hearing a lot of smooth tunes. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> so what was really yeah. good about the ukulele? Yeah, because uh, ever since I was young, I haven't really learned any instrument like no piano, no guitar. So I was looking through Shopee one day and then I saw the ukulele is around 1,000 pesos. And then I think I was thinking, what if I try to learn the music instrument? Even if I'm already 29, which, which is a bit, but why not? <laughs> Hopefully you can play as one of your ukulele songs in the future. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to practice right now. Despacito or Senorita? <laughs> nice. If the old you could see the new you, what would the old you say? Um, the old you would, would be proud of me, but at the same time would still be critical of the, the things that I still haven't improved or things that I might need to improve more. You have a guilty pleasure. One of my uh, guilty pleasures, I think, is watching uh, K drama. <laughs> Do you have a favorite K drama? You're my favorite K drama. I'm still a descendant of the Sun fan. Oh, that's my favorite favorite one as well. Yeah, song song couple forever. Kait naghiwale na sila. <laughs> What's your favorite scene in that K drama? Favorite one of my most memorable scenes or favorite scenes, and yung uh, the part that Sung Jong Ki and the other lead they were watching yung K drum ah K pop concert, <laughs> and they were like oh parang drool, almost close to drooling I think so, and and when their partners found out, yun penagalit. scene. If you could have a gigantic billboard in Ensa with anything on it, what would it be? That would feature me or no? Anything. Uh, if I would have a giant billboard there, I'd try to, to go advertise our, our family business, Chrisanne. Mm. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to promote? Yeah, I would like to promote our company. It's Golden Pencil Manila Events. So uh, we're a production company. and But right now, we're venturing on... Um, the merchandising aspect, like supplies, uh, giveaways, any merchandise items. Do you have a final ask or recommendation or suggestion for all of our audience and parting thoughts? Uh, for me, uh, just do it. Powerful speaking. Thank you, Charles, for this interview. 
And can you give us your social media handles? Our social media handle is uh, our Facebook page is Golden Pencil Manila Events and Production, and then our website is uh, GP for Golden Pencil Manila dot com. So for all our listeners, whenever your company is looking for events, you can contact GP Manila and look for Charles. Thank you, Charles, for doing this interview. It was really fun. Thank you, Cleo, for having me on your podcast. If you want to hear more from Deconstructing Dreamers, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, like and follow us on social media at Facebook and Instagram forward slash Deconstructing Dreamers. This episode is brought to you by Caldi Drip Coffee. I love Caldi since it's a great way to start my day fast since it's an instant drip coffee brand. Taking my coffee game to the next level without the need for expensive coffee makers or a French press with only hot water, it gives me an artisanal coffee experience right at my home, at the office, or anywhere I go. Lastly, since it has zero sugar, it's a healthier alternative for me, especially when I need to get that extra push to achieve my dreams. Once again, it's Caldi Drip Coffee, your portable coffee companion, helping you fuel your crazy dreams. To know more about them, like and follow their social media pages at Facebook and Instagram forward slash Caldi Drip Coffee.